This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. One of the big stories last week and likely this week from the West Virginia legislature is called the Women's Bill of Rights. A biological male who identifies as a trans female would not be allowed to use the bathroom associated with their gender identity. We'll have that story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Attorneys for the family of West Virginia Governor Jim Justice want to block a Virginia bank from plans to auction off land at the governor's Greenbrier Resort. A complaint seeking an injunction was filed last week on behalf of the Greenbrier Sporting Club. Carter Bank and Trust wants to recover more than $300 million on defaulted business loans. The court filing says next month's auction would jeopardize thousands of jobs and severely damage both the club and the Greenbrier Resort. Justice is finishing his second term as governor this year. The Republican is running for the U.S. Senate seat held by Democrat Joe Manchin, who says he won't seek re-election. It's been a year since the Norfolk Southern train derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, releasing chemicals and resulting in the burning of vinyl chloride. Some residents are still worried about chemicals inside their homes. But as the Allegheny Front's Reed Frazier reports, the EPA won't do indoor testing. Last year, Candace DeSanzo and her family spent months away from their home in East Palestine because being at home made them feel sick. Every time they came back to town, their symptoms would return. One time we were here for two hours and we were driving out and I looked back and there's blood coming out of my one-year-old's mouth. Over the summer, DeSanzo and her family returned to their home less than a mile from the derailment site. She set up half a dozen air filters and threw out bags of clothes that smelled like chemicals. Gradually things improved, but DeSanzo is still worried there's contamination in some parts of the house, like one room in her basement. And every time I was standing down there, in that specific area, I'd fold clothes right there. My toes would start tingling, and my nose would start running, and my throat would start hurting. DeSanzo got a chemical test in her house, which found dioxins, toxic chemicals associated with the derailment, on her property. She wants the EPA to periodically test the inside of her home, but the agency has declined. This baffles her. Why would they not? If there's only two of us crazies in this town that don't think it's safe, test our homes. The EPA has been testing outdoor air all year in East Palestine for volatile organic compounds, or VOCs. Mark Derno is a site coordinator in East Palestine for EPA. Not only are we not seeing um, the ke uh, chemicals of concern at low levels, we're not seeing them at all. Since the air is clear now, Derno thinks there's no way for contaminants to make their way into homes. He also says it would be hard to tell if any detectable chemicals came from the derailment or from chemicals already inside people's homes from paints, plastics, and cigarette smoke. Because of all the sources of volatile organics already in homes, from all the compounds and <clears throat> lifestyle and structural and, and chemicals and, and that are already in people's homes. 
Andrew Welton, an environmental engineer at Purdue University, says chemicals released into the environment can get inside people's homes through underground aquifers, soil, or even sewer lines. He says the EPA's own scientists have published guidance on this concept known as vapor intrusion. This occurs near Superfund sites where you have known chemical releases, VOCs get into the sewers, they can come up into the homes, and they can cause immediate or long-term health impacts. EPA says it's testing soil and groundwater and says there's no evidence to suggest contamination has spread throughout town. Still, Kimberly Garrett, an environmental toxicologist at Northeastern University, says regulators should have been doing indoor testing from the beginning in East Palestine. It would have been beneficial to collect that data as soon as possible, to collect home samples as soon as possible and do it repeatedly until they could show that either there wasn't anything of concern inside the homes or if there was, that we could see it decrease over time, which is what we would expect. Michael Bassesi, an environmental health scientist at Ohio State, is part of a team of researchers analyzing chemical testing done in East Palestine by the EPA and others. From what he's seen, he doesn't think the level of contamination poses a long-term health threat. But he says there's only one way to find out for sure. Sometimes it warrants collecting samples to answer the question with data. Still, some in East Palestine might not want EPA to test their homes. Ben Terwilliger lives about 900 feet from the derailment. He's had neighbors who've had their homes tested by Norfolk Southern and EPA. They all came back, nothing's wrong. Everything's well within the limits. Well, we all saw the nuclear cloud below, you know. I find that hard to believe. EPA, it turned out, was allowing Norfolk Southern to use an instrument that doesn't adequately detect butyl acrylate one of the chemicals that spilled in the derailment. It's that kind of experience that leads Terwilliger and others to be skeptical about EPA's testing. Um, Personally, I don't really trust the EPA to tell the truth. Both Candace DeSanzo and Ben Terwilliger would like to leave a town they think is polluted. But right now, neither say they can afford to. For the Allegheny Front, I'm Reed Frazier. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.50. Areas of fog this morning, mostly cloudy skies today. Chance of rain this afternoon, high temperatures in the 40s and 50s. Breezy tonight with a chance of rain or snow, lows in the 30s. Tomorrow, a chance of rain or snow early with gusty wind, some clearing in the west, high temperatures in the 30s and 40s. Support for WVPB is provided by HD Media, presenting digital and print subscriptions for the Charleston Gazette Mail and Herald Dispatch. Information at hdmediallc.com. Regularly, we invite reporters from outside news organizations into our Legislature Today studio to discuss what they are seeing during the legislative session. Friday, Brianna Heaney and Emily Rice spoke with Lori Kersey, a reporter from the independent news organization West Virginia Watch. One of the big stories on Friday was the bill called the Women's Bill of Rights. Hello, my name is Brianna Heaney. 
Today, I sit here with Lori Kersey from West Virginia Watch and WVPV's own Emily Rice. We're going to be talking about some of the stuff that happened to this week in the legislature, some of the bills that were passed and some of the bills that are still moving through the body. So let's start with a highly contentious bill, 5243. Um, the bill sponsors are calling it the Women's Bill of Rights. Um, this week, earlier this week, they had a public hearing for the bill where about 20 people came out to speak against the bill. Seven people came to speak in favor of the bill. Um, let's talk a little bit about what the bill actually is. Um, so the bill seeks to define single-sex spaces. So essentially... The language is that a biological male who identifies as a trans female would not be allowed to use the bathroom associated with their gender identity. Um, it's also in state code, so they're trying to adjust lines of state code to define sex and gender to a certain extent. Um, and the, or, um, sorry, um, Opponents of the bill say that it's anti-trans legislation and that it doesn't actually have any rights for women, and so the name is misleading. Proponents of the bill say that it is addressing a need that they never foresaw to see happening, which is that people identify as dif different genders, and therefore there's more issues coming up in society. And much like Delegate Hansen said on the floor today, um, we are living in 2024, so it's, uh, it's difficult to legislate, definitely. I've heard some people... Proponents of the bill say that it's the woman's right to privacy. And, okay. So that would be um, the single-sex spaces are locker rooms, yeah. um, bathrooms, things like that, um, that they're seeking to keep people who identify as transgender from using their assigned restrooms um, because they say it's a safety issue, a privacy issue for biological females who may be playing a sport. And all of this is also coming from um, Independent Women's Vote, which is a lobbying organization, um, national lobbying organization. And they've gotten bills passed in other states that are very similar to this. But mm. what was brought up today was um, Delegate Kayla Young brought forth a amendment to the Women's Bill of Rights, which would essentially, it was a strike and insert, which would change pretty much everything to include things like, um, you know, uh, training when it comes to dealing with pregnancy, um, non-discriminatory practices, um, fertility, fertility issues, coverage, coverage um, mandated fertility coverage by insurance companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, they discussed it in the House. It was a debate. And a big part of that debate ended up being amendments to the amendments. And there was a 30-minute break. Um, and what ended up passing was the proposed amendment amended, um, which actually includes the exception for marital rape. Mm -hmm. So that is a whole different issue that's difficult to get into with the time that we have. Um, but that's actually what um, one of the delegates moved to strike and insert into Kayla's bill, or Delegate Young's bill, um, to change kind of the structure of that at all. And that ended up going to second reading. So let me get this straight. The bill is on second reading in the House. It needs to go to third before it's passed through the House and heads to the Senate. There was debate on that bill. Um, amendments were introduced to make it 
have more rights to help women in the states. Those rights were stripped. The only thing that stuck that stuck was a amendment on marital rape. Can you guys talk to me at all about what what that means, what marital rape is, and and why it's important? I actually wasn't around for the the debate in the House about about marital rape, but I didn't realize that is that what that was put in the bill too. Yeah. So there's an exemption in West Virginia state code that allows for sexual assault in marriage. So it says, except within, I forget exactly how it was quoted on the House floor today, but except within marriages. So it's actually in state code that sexual assault and violence of that sort is allowed to take place in state, in a marriage. So people have been fighting, and particularly last year, the marriage ban, the, um, went into a few different committees. There was a lot of argument about marital rape. Um, but that's something that seemed to be agreed to across the board today. Brandon Steele was the delegate that put forth the amendment to the amendment to keep that and that be the only thing that's kept. So now the bill defines single-sex spaces and removes that exemption in code for marital rape. Mm. Wow. So that's, I mean, that's that seems like an unlikely, um, I don't know, that, that the way that marital rape is possibly becoming illegal in the states is kind of a whole turn of events type of thing. It's a bill that they've been trying to get through, um, I'm not sure for how many years, to be perfectly honest. I know last year it was a big point of contention. That was Lori Kersey discussing the current legislative session with Emily Rice and Brianna Heaney. To hear the rest of that discussion, visit our website and tune in to the legislature today, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Jack Walker, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.